0: Welcome back to Real Ballers Read with our part two of our conversation with Micaiah Jamison. We were so excited to have this conversation with her in person, and we'll get right back into where we left off. Here we go.
1: Another another thing that you nodded to When you're talking about civil rights movement and the Black Panther Party and just that resistance to critique is that another thing that Miles and I were talking about just beforehand was how Asada was very honest and critical of Huey Newton for being like, hey, he's not a great public speaker. He's going on these philosophical rants for three hours. People are leaving and she was met with deaf ears and hostility even within The Panthers. And something that I think is really important of her story as well is just like her example, model, witness of being a Black woman leader in such a in such a like critical kind of like space. And very much like exposing even like the patriarchy and the patriarchal like values within that context. When you were talking before about what it means to extract. Like those issues, how do you think about what it means to extract the misogynoir, the patriarchal like values in the movement piece as well?
2: Woo woo, that so much of misogyny is um insecurity. Yeah, right, right,
3: right. I think that
2: a lot of, I think that, especially in the context of black men specifically, I love a black man down. And I think that the thing that I see a lot is the dehumanization that comes from slavery, that comes from the prison industrial complex, like, all of these, like, systemic attacks. I think misogyny is, like, a safe place for a lot of Black men because it's oh, that shit. is the one place that you can go in the society that is encouraged, it It's encouraged in a lot of different ways. And so it's it's a place where you're not questioned. That's what you're supposed to do. You're finally doing what you're supposed to do. You're finally in a place where people aren't questioning why you're doing what you're doing or if you have good intentions or if any of that, because that is just like the most. And I think Asada said, like, well, people will people can get used to anything. You know what I'm saying? If you're not questioning it, you can get used to it. And so a lot of people are not in the practice of questioning misogyny or misogynoir because a lot of the time, like, the women fall victim to just wanting to be loved and accepting it and wanting to be a part of something and, um, you know, sort of being blinded by that love or that potential because I think that um, Black men... I, I really do love a Black man, like, so much light, so much love, so much wisdom, so much... um. There's just so much, like literally like an infinite amount. And I think that's what breaks my heart is like finding comfort in that is a, it just hurts. It hurts you and everybody around you. And when I, so I think being, in order to not be insecure, you have to find security in who you actually are. So a lot of Black men's personalities in light have been replaced by Hypersexuality and consumerism. I would say, look, I'm a rapper. I I love hip hop, but the the, the hip hop elders are not being elders. They want to be the. They want to still be 25. A lot of I've been thinking a lot about transcendentalism, and the rappers that transcend the times, and the rappers that want to still hold a certain place in the hearts and minds of people that they once were. And I don't think that the rappers have done a good job, or a lot of the Black man role models, have not done a good job in just leading young Black men towards something beyond consumerism, beyond capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Like. When you think, of, I think I recently have made a list about like a lot of the rappers that have transcended because rappers just turned 50. Yeah. So it's young enough to where we can recall it from memory. We can recall a lot of rap without Google. We can recall it through our own cultural memory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people, a lot of the rappers who have transcended in the past 50 years or maybe 30 years, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Ye, Mickey Minaj, those are the same, those are people who have remained constant In the past, since the 90s, or for Nicki Minaj, 09, 08. And it's, what have they taught anyone? No shade. Like, where are they? People don't take being a leader serious, you know what I'm saying? And I guess they didn't ask to be leaders, but if you want to be respected as one, though. And so, I would say, like, questioning (laughs) (laughs) what's really good, (laughs) So I would say the things that we consume, like we have to question them. We have to question them. I would say consumerism is like a big part of the thing that has replaced a lot of people's light, replaced a lot of people's personality. I would say also just evaluating your relationship with women. A lot of people just take on what they have been, what what has been passed down instead of just actually evaluating what they actually feel. Emotional intelligence, processing hurt processing rejection a lot of people we see so much phenomena about oh like when you're walking and this is some shit that i really be experiencing my fucking everyday life when you walk down the street and a nigga try to talk to you and you ignore them and he's okay you ugly ass bitch like oh, literally God. like or just like yeah. trying to come up you have to literally play nice with people you yeah. have to literally play nice with men to protect yourself that is and you that is more so common Exactly. And so it's like a lot of men do not have like actual loving relationships with people because they've been taught transaction. They've been taught to take. And if you are still operating from a transactional perspective, even if you are like, if even if you're not some harmful, crazy ass nigga, whatever, you're just some regular guy. Because a lot of people, because a lot of, I think it's a cop out Mm -hmm. for a lot of men when they are like... More on the timid side or not. I don't know what you would think as like aggressive. With glasses. <laughs> but that ass though, niggas with glasses, that where we're going. Oh
3: no. no. But
2: no, <laughs> but for real though, they still be holding those transactional things. Right. And be starting shit up with women, making shit, be starting up. Maybe I'm getting uh, personal. It's, it's but fast, I feel like a lot of men take on start stuff up with women that they cannot handle. You know what I'm saying? They try to be close with women without actually caring about who the person is. They actually just want something from them. Mm. And instead of addressing that within themselves, they'd be like, "Oh what? I'm just a nice, cool guy." And it's like you treat people any time any kind of way. Like I, I so I would say, mm. a lot of it is emotional intelligence. A lot of it is like taking responsibility, understanding understanding your position that you have as a man understanding that privilege and using it as a responsibility to protect and to provide for people. You know what I'm saying? Just like how everybody else does like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of women are providers and protectors. And I'm not really like a gender role person, Mm -hmm. but it's like a lot of men who abide by misogyny, believe in the provide protect thing. Mm -hmm. So actually evaluate that. Don't just say words. A lot of these niggas just be chatting for real. Mm. Don't just chat.
3: On no, Come on,
2: truly, and get, get the fuck off of social media because it's rotting your brain.
3: Rhymes.
2: I'm telling you.
0: No, I feel called in. I think you called yourself in. No, I think no. Hearing you talk is very deep, and I think part of the difficulty is the ability to have the language for behaviors that you haven't actualized yet and I think there are times where I think I have learned things that I haven't lived out and experienced and then you end up repeating just past behaviors that like you think you have advanced from but you haven't
2: for sure yeah
0: I just don't know I think
2: intention is everything right like, at the end of the day, it is okay to make mistakes. It is okay to not always be your best. But what is not okay is you having fucked up ass intentions and being like, what? I'm just a guy. Like, that is not okay. That is not okay. Like, your intentions are everything. I can tell when somebody genuinely just doesn't know something
3: yeah,
2: or is, like, just making a mistake or, is like, just, like, because we all make mistakes. We are all. None of us are perfect, and that is the important part of who we are, is that we're not perfect and that we're always developing. But creating harm because you don't want to purify your intention or you don't want to be honest or you don't want to be real. A lot of it is just being real. Just be real. Don't be coming to people with a back-of-your-head motive. Be real. Say what you feel up front. A lot of people just be saying one thing and doing a whole other thing. Or treating people kind of way and not expecting the other person to stand on business. Mm. If you act like you have a problem with me, oh, it's up and fucking stuck. Mm. Not, I'm not about to, like, depending on the situation, I'm not about to wall out. But it's, if you go out of your way to to treat somebody in a way that you would not want to be treated, mm. or if you go out of your way to be careless, you cannot expect anything back from that other person. That's where I, that's where I feel like things have to be clarified.
3: Right.
0: No, I think this is really important to to talk about just given uh, all that we are talking about with shame too. And I think I have even at times felt like the relationship talk between Black women and men has been unproductive. I think that's even more reason why we have to have this conversation like 10 times as much Mm -hmm. because it is so key to our organizing spaces and it and right if men especially honestly just keep showing up in the ways that we have it's just not productive or helpful for anyone so yeah what have yeah you definitely seem like someone who's thought a lot about this and care a lot about this but like how do you think this conversation really can like improve? So, so so you're saying being real. Um, I think that that's huge too. But just like, yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts there? I don't know.
2: Yes, I do. I always think about this. I'm actually thinking about throwing a dinner about called All About Love. Where we have, like, where we that's have a,
3: actual conversations. Good, yeah. That's a great idea. I really... Because Salvation I think... Too, like the, yes, the and communion. Spirit.
2: I think that if we... Because I think there's too many. We really do live in an age where it'd be women-hating podcasts. And that's literally what niggas listen to. And that is literally what they think is actual real life. And, it's, and then it's, like, on the other half, like, women and, like, the city girl politics. Like... What's that like shit that? is not the city girl politic is sort of just it's really putting your it's just recreating. It's like the same thing as second wave feminism where they were like replacing love with power. But it's that's if I had to be in a relationship where I have to place my emo, place my emotions to the side for a damn Birkenbag or yeah, some other fucking no booth, I don't give a fuck about none of that. It's just <laughs> materialism, it's just capitalism. Uh, so I think that this conversation can improve if people are like If people are okay with the fact that they have been hurt, you know what I'm saying? So so many people, like, are... They try to put on a brave face of, you can't hurt me. And that's what a lot of the music is about. Oh, you cool, but you're not better than a perk. That's the same. Like, all that shit is, like, people just being... People just protecting themselves. All this stuff is just a protective mechanism because we don't live in a safe environment. The United States of America is not safe. A lot of the world is not safe because of the United States of America. Like... We live in an illusion of safety, and people can feel it spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and it's coming out of our relationships. We all have to stop being transactional. We all have to stop using each other to see what we can get out of each other. People be using each other for sex, money, a house, stability, validation. Oh, you cute and I'm cute. We can get likes together. Like, all of that shit is very real. You know what I'm saying? And it cuts out the real reason why we are in relationship with one another. It cuts out how you how do you feel around this person? You know what I'm saying? What are your non-negotiables? How do you want to be loved? How do you want to be cherished? It's okay to not work out with someone. A lot of people be mad at each other because they're not the person they're supposed to be with. Some people fall out because you cannot be with someone and not fuck them over some people just really be falling out over the principle which i get but at the end of the day holding on to that hurt doesn't do anything so i think the conversation needs to improve by everybody being transparent about where they're hurt and being and it's okay to be hurt it is okay to have your feelings hurt that's true and i think a lot of time the conversation comes from a place of men are right and women are wrong in this way and it's not to me like if we start with the right and wrong shit it's just gonna always let's just try a different one like, I'm like, if I see a, a conversation has played out many times, I'm not about to keep being like, oh, I'm not going to get on the podcast and be like, $200 dates. Who going to who pay the rent? All of that shit like that. Why are we saying the same shit over and over again? Damn. Y'all mouth not dry talking about the same thing. I think we should just do something different at the very least. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: Man, you really spinning and bars. You really are. About no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so this is where I think I'm honestly even personally stuck. This might be the most personal I've gotten on my own show. But so we are hurt, right? And then what we do is try to avoid being hurt. We play to not lose mm-hmm. instead of playing to win. I think that's what is so great about what you're saying. Like, how do you want to be loved? How do you want to be cherished? What are your non go Because even getting clear on that stuff, is getting closer to like, how do I live in a relationship heart first instead of protection first? Again, avoid just being hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I'm trying to really try to phrase this to a quiet inqu- question, man. Have, yeah. Have you ever gone from a place of just trying to avoid being hard to like being hard first. How did that?
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. I just went through that shit. Like, really? Oh my gosh. This time last year, oh, a bitch was broke the fuck down. This time last year was so hectic. I was like going through a breakup. You know, when you go, when you know you're when you breaking up with someone and you guys do the little back, back, forth and forth
3: afterwards.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And around this time last year, I was for real. I'm for real done with him for us. We was for real done. And before me and him were done, like I was a serial monogamous. Like I was in when in high school. I don't know. I just saw the girls getting played left and right. So I was like, I don't play those games. You know what I'm saying? Like I would talk to somebody here and there, but like I, ultimately I was going through a lot of trauma during that time so I just did not even really have the capacity to to go and go through trauma and get played on top of that I was like let me just mind my fucking business how do my little art go to a little party like that was my vibe and then at a high school I got into a relationship and I was with this man for four years and it was a very healthy relationship like we grew together And we ultimately didn't, we ultimately broke up because, like, we were just different people after four years, especially, like, 18 to 22. I'm only 25, so that was, or I think, yeah, 18 to 22. I had gotten with somebody, like, right after me and him had broke up, like, literally in that same month. (laughs) And it's fine. Like, honestly, like, it, it really, that wasn't no rebound shit. Like, I literally loved that man that I got with. And I would say that after me and him had uh, broke up, like, I, I have realized I had never dated. You know what I'm saying? I had never dated for real. And what does that mean to <laughs> you? Dating? Dating?
1: Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what does dating mean to me? I think dating means to me that it's, you're not just you. I don't know. Dating is weird, honestly. What the fuck is dating? I, honestly, I didn't, when I was dating, I didn't really fucking like it. For me, dating I was just yo Jan, you remember me and my tail end, yo. I would say that I was literally just delusional. Dating is just delusion for me. For me, I was literally just I wasn't hurt from me and him not working out but I was just confused and I was realizing a lot of things about myself like honestly growing up I had just seen my parents together you know what I'm saying and my parents my mom passed away they were together when she passed away but so I had seen but my parents were really in, hella in love I grew up seeing real love so I never really had a I think that was another reason why I my dating journey hasn't really been like that hectic when it comes to my standards because I really have always my mom and dad were always cool with one another I was I realized that I'd only seen one either people were together with somebody or they weren't and when you grow up you only really know what I had to figure that out for myself when it came to dating and a lot of that came from confusion because I didn't really have I don't have my mom to talk to about dating and my auntie's done being like one of my aunties is single one of my aunties done been with the same man for a long ass time so it's I can talk to them but I was just like let me figure this out anyway (laughs) I was just like okay this boy is cute I think he's cool let me go talk to him girl niggas don't be shit for real honestly and I have (laughs) such a it's me talking about Sasha and then being like yeah they're my shit but it's but it's I will say this I will say this people do not have the bandwidth for long-term relationships with people like people literally it's like you be if you think you like a nigga wait two weeks if you think you like a nigga wait two weeks that man is not who he said he is niggas be acting no shade like niggas be performing and i'm like and i'm not like i'm out of my performative phase like i went through a little performative phase because as women we are conditioned to perform everywhere very much so i went through a stage where i was like in that period, I was throwing away performance. I was throwing away being afraid of failure, throwing away I was just putting my I was just putting my 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 head to the wind. Right. But I kept getting bamboozled throughout that process. I'm telling you, after after every nobody was just I was just confused, especially after dealing with two very genuine and loving men. I was just like, damn, it's fucking rough out here. I fucking hate it here. And and like I did start to get hurt. Towards, like, the tail... I was only single for October... What, like, October to... October to... I don't know. When did me and this man got together? Me and this man got back together. So, shout out to my man. And my man. Thank you to my man. But me and him... I don't know. I was only single for six months. Mm-hmm. But in that six months, like, the literally those last three months, I went celibate. I was like, girl, I'm not fucking with y'all. I felt like my... I felt like my space was being invaded. I felt like I was being used and mistreated and just people weren't truthful or like genuine. And it made me feel like I'm not talking, I'm not going out of my way for nobody. And I would say my heart center came back when I stopped going out of my way. I think the whole if he want to, he will thing. Girl, if he want to, he will if he wants to he will is basically if you are dealing with somebody and you are waiting for them to be the person that you want them to be then girl get the fuck out of there if you are waiting for somebody to be emotionally available if you are waiting for somebody to ask you on a date instead of asking you to smoke first of all i'm not going to smoke with you girl me personally i'm not fucking doing that on the first link are you crazy i don't fucking know but it's like People just be wanting to be loved. People be fucking lonely. People be wanting to have space. I don't think it's anything wrong with that, but it's just, I don't think the world is in the place. Okay, I'm rambling at this point, but this is but this all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I don't, the minute that I was like, I'm not going out of my way. If you want to be with me or in my space, you're going to have to jump through every hoop in fucking America. And so I was putting all these hoops and boundaries around me. Not out of her, but at this point, out of logical sense, because the stuff that is going on around here, we are in crisis. And that in those six months, I needed to see that to know that we are truly in crisis. And the minute that I put those boundaries up is the minute that I really came and was able to like, like I had grown, he had grown and I was able to just see what was in front of me. And see, like, where I was, like, where I needed to grow in in depth. Like, there were definitely ways that I needed to question my own understanding of masculinity. Where I needed to question my own understanding of relationships. And where there there does need growth. You know what I'm saying? Like, you cannot be, like, no, it has to be perfect. You cannot have, I'm not a perfectionist. But I was having perfectionist tendencies when it came to relationships that I truly care about. So I would say my heart came back into place when I kept getting fucked the fuck over really? by these damn scoundrels.
0: No, <laughs> no seriously, because I think we are gonna bring it back to the shame. But it's like mm-hmm. the reason why we even see things as a game, and why we feel like we're hurt, is because we feel like we had our hearts out there, and mm-hmm. we were putting our hearts on the line. And then it's yes, right. And then when we get quote unquote played. Is when we say we're never putting our heart out there again, right? Because it's not safe. And I'm just thinking, like,
2: that's just fear, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I think I really love people. Summer Walker, I love Summer Walker because maybe she's going to get her feelings hurt and she's going to go back out there. Mm
3: -hmm. You can't,
2: you have to live at the end of the day. At the end of the day, we only got one of these lives. Yeah. What am I? I think it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think that at the end of the day, you're what you ain't doing shit else. Go on out there. What you being scared for? I really went on like a, on a, like the last two years have been me fear fighting. I used to be a very like anxious person. Like my anxiety would make me paralyzed. Half the stuff that I've been able to do in this past year is because the year before that I was like, I am living. I'm not living a full life. I find myself to be like a very daring person. I find myself to be like a rock star kind of girl. And I can't say that if I'm not putting myself out there. I'm not scared of them, One of y'all. Y'all bleed just like me. And so it's what the fuck I look like being scared of somebody hurt my damn feelings. I'm going to just, you, shot you're not nobody. I'm going to get the fuck back up. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, at the end of the motherfucking day, with my stunner shades on, with my hater blockers on. You got to live life. You cannot be afraid to live. That's just fear. If you're going to live your life being scared of women and hating women, then, oh, like, that's your choice. That's nobody else's decision. And if I'm going to live my life being, uh, well, being scared of men, Oh, uh, maybe I'm being biased here, but I feel like it's valid to be scared of men. But it's But it's like, you can't be scared of heartbreak. Mm. You cannot. Because you will literally rob yourself of a full life. I think for me, my most important thing is that I'm fulfilled. Like what I want out of life. It's not about obviously I want to have a a cool career and shit like that, but it's not I'm not basing my 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 moves off of what I want career wise or this or that. I want to live a fulfilled life. I don't juice the fuck out this motherfucker. Like I really got everything I need to get out of it. I'm not trying to come back here. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I really want to be able to go back to the sun. Mm-hmm. And be like, yeah, we did our shit. You know what I'm saying? So, join the True said, I think that ultimately that's a like how you treat a relationship is how you treat yourself, honestly. It mostly be about what you want out of life. And I think that that's what helped me see the person that was in front of me that I'm with now is like, he is truly like an expansive, loving person. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want out of life. I want love and I want expansion. We expanded to the sun till mm-hmm. we can't no more. Mm-hmm
3: period
1: that's right that's right this is real relationships Reed. Is real love Reed. real lovers real lovers Reed. yeah no we're gonna we're gonna definitely turn this into a two-parter i would love to hear more about just the dinner series you're talking about all about love would love to show up and support obviously like help in any way we can which is continuing to support you in breathing all the life possible into all of your, like your visions, dreams and strategies, emerging strategies. So yeah, you you always know we're ready (laughs) and something too, which actually now that I think about it is not as much talked about in that bell hook series is what's the word for it? Like sibling love Mm -hmm. or like familial love or like even like platonic love i think one thing about the black men and women conversation is that it usually does start with the romantic relationship yeah um but that's not where our lives start right our lives start with the with the parents with siblings with people that we have platonic relationships with you know what i'm saying like when you're a child you're not growing up going there immediately you know what i'm saying and so i think at least to to go back to that question of like how the conversation changes i think it is expanding beyond that relatively narrow yes. viewpoint on these relationships just being sexual and i think that a lot of that does have to do it is like a consequence of just as we've been saying just how unsafe and like racist this country is, the the culture, the entire world in that way where then it makes everything about what it means to be black and protect ourselves mm-hmm. around like procreation of more black people. Yeah. Right? In the same way that in the same way that like in the same way that white men made white women the the sacred progenitors of the white race mm-hmm. because they were the ones who would be like giving having children and everything. Mm-hmm. Um Snack time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, thanks, bro.
1: And I think for sure that focus on the racial procreation or like the racial kind of like line, it does occlude that platonic and familial love. It also occludes like queer love as well, right? Like, all of our community members who are like queer not, gender nonconforming conforming who like suddenly aren't part of the conversation anymore because they're not like relevant to the conversation of who's making these babies, you know what I'm saying, directly. <laughs> so I just wanted to add my answer in, but then think more about what love does look like in in black communities. Mm-hmm. Something that I've been thinking a lot about this year is just this idea of chosen family too, and what it means to, right, like shift gears in the way that we talk about like how we show up for one another. And so, yeah, I would just love, like, more of your thoughts on whether it be the dinner series or just, like, more broadly, how expansively do you think about, like, Black love?
2: Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I am a queer woman.
3: Mm.
2: I've been, like, dibbling and dabbling with these men as well, which is, that's fine. And it's a very complicated relationship that I have with my queer identity sometimes. Mm. Like, when I was in my relationship, like, my four-year one, I came out to him and he had encouraged me to understand that part of myself and explore that part of myself. And I always will, I will always respect that relationship so much because I was able to grow so much in myself in it. And I think it was because of also the platonic aspects that he and I had as individuals that he could understand that. And I feel like even on the queer side of relationships, oh my gosh, it is also hell. Going on. Like mm. it is literally oh, also hell. Yes. it's great. It is mm, oh, just over there. <laughs> It's a lot of a lot of women take on misogyny. Mm. A lot of women take on misogyny and blind, it, it love is blind. Oh my gosh.
3: So what is it? No, the ultimatum. Oh ultimatum. That's yeah.
2: yes, ultimatum. Oh my gosh. That's literally oh, that.
3: That's it. Wow. I'm telling you, if
2: you've seen the, that's truly what it is. And it's even true. myself and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm about? I do. I do what you're talking about. I was like, oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and even myself included, like, you really do. Being in queer relations is very, it really is a mirror in how much misogyny that you have taken in yourself. Because it's like, there's not a man there overwhelmingly taking up the misogyny or overwhelmingly taking up the masculine. Mm-hmm perspective that you feel like you often have to, that you feel like that you have to balance oftentimes. Mm-hmm. But it's anyway, in the expansiveness of black love, I think that so much of like how we grow up, I think that our expansiveness has been affected by what you were saying. The the hypersexual society that we live in. People I've heard full on debates about quote-unquote, should quote-unquote females, quote-unquote, have male friends? Have you heard that debate? Oh,
1: yeah, of As well as the other vice versa, too. Or, actually, that's not even a question. It's usually to, to why men should not be friends with women.
2: Exactly! And it's for... I think that impacts so much of our expansiveness because it's like, yeah. why can't we just be human first? And I feel like that goes to, like, post-traumatic slave disorder of, like, how... We were essentially like, we were conditioned to be like breeders and to breed cattle. You know what I'm saying? Breed the laborers Mm -hmm. instead of human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that it definitely has affected my ability to, I've fallen in that conditioning. Something that I've been thinking about a lot is that immunity or awareness does not equal immunity. That's been like my biggest revelation this year is just because you are aware of dynamics and aware of history does not mean you are immune to the constant conditioning that we face. We have not uprooted this system. We can mentally and emotionally unlearn every day, but that is in coordination with the fact that this system is still up and running and projecting messaging onto us. It's not the truth, but it's something that we have to fight. And- even myself have been like, when you go to a function, like when you go to a party, it's all, cl- it's not even like you're going out to have a good time at this point. A lot of people go out solely to go find somebody to fuck with. Right. And it's, bitch, that is crazy. We don't want to talk about how that's crazy. Like myself included, that is actually not okay because you're not, first of all, you're not guaranteed to go find that. Now you didn't find it. Now you mad at the end of night. Now you got to go home by yourself, (laughs) bitch. It's not. It it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be that. And I think that impacts our ability to have expansive relationships with our environments because it's all it's lack. It's if you go into something looking for something, you don't get it. Now you have a lacking experience. Even when I would go out to yo, even when I would go out to parties, and I'll be like. Oh my God, the niggas in here are not giving, like, (laughs) girl, just dance, just have a good time. But I think that also goes along with, I think, I'm not like, I'm not like a Puritan, Mm. but I think that we just (laughs) do not live in a culture that values just wholesome relationships with one another, that Mm -hmm. does not have to evolve into something crazy, you know what I'm saying? And so I think a lot of that comes from the marketing scheme of alcohol as a personality, Because now, like, now the dogs are, we're we're drinking in the club, we fucked up. Nobody has, nobody's in the right mind to even really, like, to question the conditioning of, like, why am I in here preying on men? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why am I in here, like, somebody, or, and even that has a lot to do with, like, people being like, oh, pick me, choose me. You know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes you position yourself as prey as a woman, honestly. Wow. And, but anyway, the expansiveness of black love. I think the (laughs) the expansiveness of black love is, like, it transcends space and time because there is no reason why we should all be here right now like sitting around a table like eating cookies on a microphone because really every like everything that has been that could be done to kill us all off and for us to have fucked up ass relationship with each other has been done and yet we are still here you all are stand-up men i'm so happy and proud to be in community with y'all i'm so happy y'all exist y'all have proof that like You can transcend, you can be beyond what has been put on you. None of us are perfect, but we're all doing our very best and it shows up every time. And I feel safe with y'all, I feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. y'all, I trust y'all. And so I think that the experience of Black love is if you allow it to penetrate your soul.
0: A mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's also, we have that mentality of we go out to find someone because we feel so unfulfilled in the platonic relationships that we have you know what I'm saying I think yeah. that's a thing where I've realized in seeking the romantic it's I feel like a lot of guys especially don't really have the guy friends that they think that they have because like they be unloading so much on their girl girlfriends when yeah. they finally get get them because they haven't really been able to talk about so much with those quote-unquote guy friends. And yeah, I don't know the uh, same for other genders, but it might be similar. Yeah. But it's I have felt, at least since college, it's difficult to maintain friendships with the same level of intention as someone that you're romantically pursuing. You know what I'm saying? Just like going on dates with friends, like meeting up, it's just I have I've always felt they're so much more prone to flake when there isn't. Oh, we could be mm-hmm. in the same bed by the end of the night. It's not the same
3: mm-hmm.
0: oh. intimacy. Um, yeah, that's neither here nor nor there. I'm working on my own flow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got to get to your level, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, I, I have to say, we haven't even talked about it, but is Mo- Motion your, your first song?
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Wait,
0: really? Really? Yeah. Or is it the first that you d- dropped? You have definitely made it. The
2: first, no, I have hella songs, but Motion is definitely, like, my first single. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's crazy, yo. It's, Thank It's you. crazy. It's a really good song. Really good. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I'm really excited about, like, how everybody is responding to it. I think I'm at a place where I'm just, like, just... I have so much unreleased music and music that I need to, like, expand on and finalize. But I have two more singles that I have and, like, that I'm planning on dropping. And I'm just in a place where you have to release in order to be, like, inspired again. And once you give something to somebody, like, when I gave that, you all gave back to me. And now it's like, that's like the loop of creation that I love, like, the flow that I'm excited for
0: you you should leak it you know what i'm saying give it give it to a, a friend like oh bro i got that news beyond sight, but put it on the hot heart it's not relevant but it is right? <laughs> hey, seriously bro yeah no
1: sticking with music right you're just such a multifaceted person and artist and yeah i'm curious i'd love to hear more just around you sharing like music right and like how music is like such a through line in like your life and work and how you see yourself it was a huge part of wishing well too right with the video you created or even like the images of the video like all the music videos that were like interwoven throughout and yeah i think that music is just something that i've always been particularly obsessed with and it is the the medium that I learned emotional intelligence through Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and to come so far in my own journey with music, but then on the back end of Wishing Will learn so much from you about music, just with the duality that you embody, the choices that you make to stay in control of your art. Yeah, I would just love to hear you like expand on music in your life right Mm -hmm. now.
2: Yeah, I love music so much. I've always loved music. My dad is a songwriter and a producer and my like both sides of my family are super like into music as just like a healing modality for them and ever since I was a little kid I've written songs. I would my my dad would be like my mom and dad would be like at a party or something. I remember I actually vividly remember New Year's Eve. My parents were out and my sister was like babysitting us. And I was writing a song and I I felt like the song was so fire. So I had called my mom and I was like, yo, like this song is so fire. Can I sing this to you? And she was like, okay, yeah, it's just loud. I'm at a party right now. And i and I was like, okay, I'm gonna sing it. <laughs> so I've always envisioned myself singing, performing. When I was when I was little, I used to do like comic strips. And yes, I've always I've always loved to draw. Oh my gosh, I, these journalists are like it's so crazy because me and my family have gone through so much that a lot of this stuff is, like, gone. Like, I will never be able to find it. But I hold it in my heart, and that's enough. But, yeah, I used to make comic strips, and I used to, like, envision myself performing. And I used to, like, design, like, my costumes. And I used to be really into all genres of music. There was a the song by ACDC. Is that by ACDC? Where it's, ah... Want to rock and yeah. roll? Yeah, I used to want to do a whole performance to that, uh, and I like I can see the sketch that I in my head. Like I can see the sketch that I had created to to do that. Because I remember, do you ever it was like America's Got Talent? They used to do like covers of people's songs. So like I had always that influenced me a lot. So I've always been into music, and in high school, but in high school I was just super. I was going through a lot of trauma and just like very monumental changes and I had at that point I was like trauma will really have you thinking that you are destined to live just a terrible life Mm -hmm. and I thought that I was like girl I'm about to be suffering because it was just so much shit happening back to back that I was like okay I have these gifts to help me live through this terrible life that I'm about to live I have these lives to help me or these gifts to help me live through the suffering and I guess in a way that I was right gifts do help you live through suffering because suffering is inevitable But it wasn't until high school, something about my purpose will never let up on me, especially when I'm a very spiritual person. I'm very connected to just like all divinity, whether it be like God, Jesus, Krishna, like my ancestors, Oshun, like I'm very grounded in a spiritual purpose and and just like the earth has always, I remember I had a very powerful meditation next to Lake Michigan in 2018 and that was the meditation that made me realize I actually was not meant to suffer and that I just felt all of the trees and even the cement the lake the bugs they were all telling me we're on your side we want you to win and you have to let that go like you have to you have to know that oh in 2019 I had set the intention I had remember calling my dad and being like "Yo, like I want to write songs. Like I want to do this. And Kendall, my friend Kendall, shout out to Kendall Kenny Flowers. He's an artist, and he used to live here in Chicago. He's a Chicago native, but he lives in LA now. But Kendall had taken me to my like kind of first open mic, and it just reignited something in me. And I've all throughout this time, like I had been performing. Like I've been performing since I was in like fifth grade. Nervous and all, like I've always been super, like nervous and scared to perform, but it just never stopped. That was the thing; I just was super inclined to do it all the time. So I always believed in my ability to perform and to sing, and I always loved doing it. But like just the confidence—it didn't matter that I didn't have confidence. I, I just—it's a purpose thing. The sun rises; it don't tell you don't tell the sun to rise, but it rises. It's sort of like that thing where it's, I just always felt like I needed to do it. Anyway, Kenny took me to my first open mic, and it just felt so fun and fulfilling. So from there, I was like, I set the intention to like actually do it regardless of like where I wanted to take me or that stuff. I just set the intention to believe in myself, to start writing and making music and stuff like that. And yeah, I got a keyboard 2021 and started playing the keyboard. I got like a bass, started playing bass. I've been writing raps and shit. I've always been writing. I just like, so yeah. At this point, it's I set that intention. To, how long ago? Twenty nineteen. Four years ago. Like four years ago. Yeah. So the intention One thing about intention, like if you set it, it's gonna take you somewhere.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's just been such, such a beautiful treat to have you on the show. You're really mind mind blowing person. Yeah. Just your whole aura and everything. I, I've I've oh, appreciated, and. Yeah, just, again, just grateful for all of your thoughts. I'm just sitting in it.
2: Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Y'all are such like yeah. great people. I always appreciate Thanks,
1: Makaya. Y'all. Yeah, we appreciate you too. Thanks so much for being with us.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Ballers Read with the one and only Makaya Jamison. We're so glad to have her on the show. And we are excited uh, to release the next episode and for you all to hear that. So stay tuned and we will catch you then.